back on the ridge walk today and uh, nice nice early start rather jumbled set of thoughts this morning. They seem to be centering around a number of things with a single theme or a related theme at least. And that's I think maybe best summarised by a line from one of the scriptures. That's recited in morning service at uh, Soto Zen Monasteries. And, and that line is, if from the experience of the senses, basic truth you do not know, how can you ever find the path that certain is, no matter how far distant you may walk? And as always, just a few lines opens up a great resonating cavern. <laughs> and huge vista related to that is also I was thinking about a way into this subject I was thinking about the, the name of Dogen's I suppose you could call it his masterwork, which is a collection of his talks <clears throat> called the Shobogenzo. And the translation of that, as I understand it, is probably a few different versions, but the translation that I'm aware of is the eye and treasury of the true law. And again, there's a lot in that. I remember being intrigued by it when I first heard the translation. I can kind of understand a treasury in that the, the collected talks of Dogen are a collection of precious things. But the use of the word I, E-Y-E, as in the organ of, organ of sight, I found very puzzling for a long time. There may be many meanings 
which I haven't understood, but one thing that I find meaningful now is this experience of the senses giving access to basic truth. So in that sense, it makes it makes a great deal of sense to talk about the eye. You could say that what we see if we have digested and practiced what Dogen's teaching is changed. It becomes stripped away. The extraneous is dropped. almost ask where do we live other than within the the realms of the various senses that we have There's also, of necessity, something very direct about seeing. And although we can and do influence what we see, We see what we expect to see very often. We notice what we're interested in or what's changing. I think in fact we're set up to some extent by evolution to to see change and movement, to fill in the gaps. When we practice, there is a kind of settling in. To our position, you could say, within these various sensory realms. I think part of the stillness of meditation has its effect without volition really. We certainly use the will to train, 
the effects of training are not for us to dictate. But laying down our own ideas about things, our stories, our musts and shoulds, our could-haves and would-haves. And coming back to stillness. Allows the experience of the senses to take their proper place. in a sense we take our proper place within them As I've said many times in these talks, to me that gives a, a license almost to relax in training. It's almost as if we step into the void and the void meets us and our foot lands on firm ground and then we have to do it again and again And it ties in with that idea that again I've mentioned a few times, which is a piece of Dogen's teaching, where he says that to, for us to inform the world about what the world is, is delusion. When the world comes forth and informs us, then that is enlightenment. And again, it would be easy to consider 
this from the perspective of a, a small ego I as a trainee somebody needing to understand see, learn become more complete in their understanding of things but I think part of what we let go of during this process is in fact that very idea now I had a look it's about 70 meter uphill bit there so uh, a good work a good workout for me and just a stunning view of why this thought came up is this distinction that seems quite prevalent at the moment uh, all these basically people uh, involved in external activity Obviously, it's for, the, for individuals to decide what good activity they should be involved in. That's that's for them to to decide and to learn from. But I think it's important that we don't lose sight of the simplicity. the almost privacy of this it's um, it's a very subtle thing in some ways this interrogation this questioning so whatever else we do Let's not forget the need for simple sitting. And again, let's not underestimate it. <clears throat> and I suppose the final thing I 
onto dimension. <coughs> Excuse me. Is uh, sort of came up while I was thinking about this. Uh, is a song by Peter Gabriel. It's a new, uh, newish version of a of an oldish song. I think it was written in the 80s. Um, but it's a really nicely arranged new version. Um, and the song is In Your Eyes. And I think it's on an album called New Blood. And there is something in Peter Gabriel's music that I've always found to chime really with something that I'm looking for in I suppose everywhere but it's great to find it in music which is the a kind of modesty and an expression of searching for truth So anyway, that uh, that song in your eyes seemed to chime well with the eye and treasury of the true law, and not discounting or overlooking the experience of the senses. So. I think that's about it for today. I'm getting this walk in nice and early before it gets warm. I think it's going to be a really hot day today. So I'm going to I'm going to finish. One thing I will say is that there's some great stuff at the moment. And, um, if you're a part of the Throssel Hole Buddhist Abbey congregation, you'll probably already know that uh, during these last few months there's been a, a blog set up on the website and there's some really, really good content on there and also some recorded talks. Uh, it's a tremendous... Um, collection of talks on there so I heartily recommend that and of course the Jade Mountains blog uh, by a dear Dharma friend and teacher uh, Reverend Master Mugo again highly recommended I've, uh, I've certainly missed going up to the abbey but at the same time it's uh, it's very interesting and, and good I think to recognise that we can train in difficult circumstances and within limitation so It's all 
it's all fruitful. It's all good compost. So, in that spirit, I wish you a great day and stay well. <laughs>